Welcome to the Wisdom Club podcast, where we talk to inspirational business leaders in our community that inspire us to lead a life full of wisdom and build a business as worthy of our wildest dreams. I'm your host, Leo Chen. I'm a tech entrepreneur, real estate advisor, and investor located right here in sunny coastal Orange County, California. And the goal of this podcast is to expand your mind and share what's possible. All right, all right. Hey, Leo, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Hi, Ina. Thank you for uh, coming on the podcast today. And um, I'm super excited to have you on. It's We've been scheduling this for a little while. Yes, I know. I'm super excited to be on as well. Um, so thank you for uh, your patience a little bit. It's been busy with all of these uh, rains that we've had in California, a ton of claims, and it's just been a fun ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're great. We're grateful for the rain. Um, I mean, it's yes. probably been about at least three or four years uh, since we had this much rain, which is uh, we much needed. And who knows how much longer before we get, you know, a nice uh, rainy season like uh, like this year. I know. Yeah. So um, you are have a very, very um, interesting and eclectic um, background and everything. So I want to I want to get into that right away. Um, so for our audience that don't know who you are, uh, if you don't mind, just kind of, um, you know, tell us about uh, kind of where you're from, uh, you know, uh, how you, I guess, leading up to where you are today, a very, very successful, you know, um, in- insurance entrepreneur. No, absolutely. Um, gosh, I've had I'm I'm one of those few people that nowadays can say that I've been with State Farm for 35 plus years. You know, and I think about that now, and it's so unusual now to hear people even say two, three years with a company, and I've been with them for 35 plus years. It's been a really interesting ride. Um, but even before I got to to State Farm, um, you know, I came to the US when I was about seven years old. My mother came uh, initially and she, you know, as a single mom, worked to bring all of the kids here. And so it was, you know, I grew up in the in the San Fernando Valley. Um, so I went to school out there and, you know, as an immigrant child, had to learn English very quickly. And luckily, I was fortunate enough because I came at a very young age. I was almost seven so for me, learning it, you know, I didn't know a word when I started school. And by the end of the semester, I came in January, I was fluent and almost ex- and almost excelling, you know, and it's, you know, people learn, you know, kids are sponges. And, and I appreciate that, you know, now as I'm looking at future grandbabies, <laughs> yeah. thinking about how much, how much stimulation, you know, they have is so amazing. But anyways, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. A uh, single mom. My mom was a single mom, and there's four of us. And so we grew up in a very um, in a household where everyone had responsibilities to do things at the home. So she worked. We had to cook, clean, do the dishes, laundry. Everything needed to be done. And so because of that, I think she instilled in us a very strong work ethic, knowing that you needed to pitch in, you needed to do what you needed to do to survive, to thrive, and to grow. And so that was definitely a value that she had always instilled in us that, you know, your hard work pays off. And so um, I think I dedicated that same into school. And so I, you know, in school, I always loved learning and growing and trying to just figure out life. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do something different. Um, so I went to school. I think I did a tour of practically all of the junior colleges in San Fernando Valley. 
I wow. attended se yeah. seven of them. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's great. It's a lot of a lot of different experiences to have, right? A lot of different experiences. And part of it was because I did choose to get married very young and I had two kids. And at the time I was living in the Antelope Valley. And so I was going to school full time, raising two kids, married and having a 50 mile commute. You know, it was definitely challenging. I was in the PACE program, which is an accelerated program, and I still managed to get on the dean's list, you know, but, and so again, you know, you just work hard, you do what you need to do, but I, I just, I, you know, I love that experience. I then was able to transfer um, to Woodbury and Burbank, and so, you know, find, you know, finishing off my education there in finance uh, and business, so that's kind of where I started. And in that process was working for State Farm, kind of going back to this is like my longest standing relationship in my life outside of, you know, my mom and so and my siblings. Um, and so I started when I was still going to school. So I was working um, and trying to just advance. The one thing that was really amazing about State Farm is that there's so many departments. It's such I mean, we're the number one insurance carrier in North America. We're a large, large enterprise. And so I've had the opportunity to um, work in different areas. And where I started, I was in claims. Uh, as I was finishing up my education, I applied for a couple different areas. But the one where I was finally um, advanced into a different role was in public relations. So I handled public relations in California, in Southern California specifically. I had a pretty large territory from the San Fernando Valley into greater Los Angeles and out to Pomona. And my responsibilities were communications, uh, media relations, um, community and government. And it was amazing. It was just not knowing a whole, whole lot except for taking a public relations course in college. You know, it was amazing to, to go through that journey. Um, and I think one of the things that I've learned about myself in this process, and I think partly because of what my mom had instilled in us, was I always had this passion for learning and always had this passion for change. Like, I, I, I'm one of those people that looks for change, that looks for opportunities to grow, to challenge myself beyond what's comfortable. And so um, I had an amazing opportunity to work with nonprofits throughout the country. Um, I worked, like I said, I worked here in uh, California. Then I went to our national corporate headquarters in Bloomington, Illinois, where my responsibilities were the national philanthropic budget for the Hispanic community and financial education. So that was pretty amazing just to be able to connect with leaders throughout the country to hear, you know, just amazing things that are being done to really progress communities and to advance them. And so um, while I was working at that, um, I was asked to come back to California to help them spear the way as they were redesigning what they were at that time calling the agency recruiting platform and just changing the whole department, creating it from brand new. And it was amazing to work with like like folks like McKinsey and other uh, other companies that we worked with to really put something together that really was looking to identify caliber agents that came from communities. We wanted them to come from their communities, representing their communities, because we know that State Farm agents are are become a part of the community. And so that was a pretty awesome awesome experience. But then at the end of this program, I had to decide 
was I going to stay at company man as my uh, men, one of my mentors had asked me, or was I going to do what I had said I wanted to do was to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's break let's break that down a little little bit here, um, because yeah. uh, not everybody, you know, uh, can really see themselves in that because there was so much, you know, in there. Um, and it, it speaks to, you know, the person, the great person that you are, you know, having all of these experiences so rich, right, you know, and coming in, you know, from a different country, uh, I can't, I can't say that I learned English in like one year, <laughs> or in less than a year, right? Like, I think, um, I think it it took me uh, like two, two years or so. And I came when I was 11. So it's a little bit similar. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I went to uh, my uh, second year, we went to summer. And then I came, we came back to school in the summer. And I, I distinctly remember some of my friends say, Hey, what happened to you? I said, what do you mean? Like, you don't have any more accent. <laughs> like, how did you speak so well? Like, it was like a, this this change over the summer. So I can only imagine, like, you know, you immersing yourself and within less than a year having to be able to speak fluently. That's that's just super amazing. And with with uh, you know, you had this journey here of you know, uh, public relations, but then that opened up you know more kind of runway for you. And mm -hmm. I love what you said is that um, you're always trying to do something new because we have this mindset of trying to fill the gap, right? Hey, I don't know what this is. Let me fill that gap so I know what it is and I can use that for all the other things that I want to do. Is that kind of kind of how, how, you, how you, you think? No, absolutely. I, you know, I, I just feel like there's so much to learn and you can superficially know things, but the deeper you you actually invest yourself into learning about different things, you just become a richer person. And I think you just are able to then connect, connect to different experiences and different people in different ways. So, yeah. And then um, you you spoke about you know um, working within community and helping community. Can you can you talk a little bit more about, about that as far as like kind of what your day to day was like? Because let's um, you know not everybody you know gets to all work in the community. A lot of times they get a job. They're sitting in an office or sitting in a cubicle or something like that. You know, they're answering phones or maybe, you know, doing some project management on their computer, but not very interactive, you know, but what you did sounds like it was very, very different from that. Yeah, no, no, no. It was definitely very different. Um, you know, there's a theory, the theory, like I said, you know, I took a class, a public relations class, but it 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 didn't do it justice in terms of what what the breadth of the work that I did was. Um, I had an amazing opportunity to to work with a lot of nonprofits. Um, when I first started, it was here in California, so I got to work with amazing nonprofits like the the, the Los Angeles Urban League, um, you know, uh, National Council of La Raza, uh, just different organizations, um, neighborhood housing services that have different missions, whether it's community development whether it's educating leaders, whether it's um, impacting with financial literacy coursing, uh, supplementing what the educational system does in schools and providing after-school care and after-school um, education for youth. Mm -hmm. And so I got to work with all of these organizations. And I think that what was cool about it is that all these entities, all these nonprofits, that was their mission. Their mission was to improve quality of life. And I happened to just get to be 
this amazing role of being spectator to that, but not just spectator, like because I had learned um, how nonprofits work, I was able to help guide some of their, and influence a little bit of their businesses, because that's what they are in essence. They're small businesses that are, that have the luxury of working as a not-for-profit because of tax privileges that they have, because their emphasis is to improve communities. But sometimes I think these nonprofits forget to see themselves as businesses. And so I was able to bring a different perspective. You know, you talked about when you have different experiences, you have a different perspective that you can bring in. But I think they enriched me in so many more ways. I mean, I, the people that I got to meet to see the impact of what, you know, education does to communities of need of, you know, communities that don't, you know, back when I started, there was a huge, and there still is a digital divide. Um, But to see the impact that these community centers with computers and teaching skills was having not only on youth, but on seniors, I mean, that, it's really amazing. And so you can't help but that impact you. It's, it's so rewarding. I got to sit on a few boards. And so I got to really get to know the nitty gritty of that. You know, with that comes a lot of fun stuff. You know, there's festivals and galas and dinners and fundraising and all the things that nonprofits do. And so to me, that was just all, I thought I hit the lotto, you know, in terms of a job because I got to really work with a wide variety of community um, sectors in that. Yeah. And that, and that's one of, I'm so interested in that because that's one of my passion in, in what I do in real estate too, is connecting people in their neighborhood, you know, uh, and uh, offering them services and businesses around in our neighborhood to serve each other, but also get to know each other, each other's families. Some families have fallen hard times, they need something, but then, you know, above and beyond all of that, you know, people moving into the community or people moving out, they're selling their home. We're trying to raise the quality of life or we'll try to raise the quality of their homes or values, you know, and bring in vendors to help them either remodel or make it look nicer and painting, you know, whatever it is, so that we can continue to build this uh, community to be, you know, a thriving, you know, and, and, and bringing a lot of, you know, improvements, you know, to everybody's lives, not just, you know, having a house in a box that you live in, right? No, absolutely. I think, I think as a community, the stronger that we can become those connectors, to realize that we may not have the expertise of everything, but we may know that expertise exists and how to connect people so that we can eliminate redundancies and we can just create more efficiencies. People can actually access so many services that are out there. So I I think what you do is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So uh, thank you for that. I mean, I feel the same about you because it, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand. You know, we have to protect our assets when when we purchase assets, whether it's a it's a car, it's a home or investments or any kind of stuff, which is why you and I work so well together because all of all of our uh, things they connect together. Um and so uh with with that, you know, background there, how did the insurance piece kind of like make this, you know, transition for you where you've stayed, you know, being in insurance for so long. And, and of course, many, many pieces of different types of insurance, you know, too, and continuing kind of your, um, uh, your business, but also your growth as a person. Um, I think because I have had the great opportunity of working in a variety of departments within one company, you know, 
And it, this could have been accomplished in many companies. I just happened to have the luxury of being able to do it with State Farm. Um, so I've worked in the claims department. And so as I work with my clients, guiding them through the process, guiding them to sometimes can be potential litigation. I've been in claim litigation counsel, the in-house counsel for State Farm. And so being able to be a comfort and somebody that is can speak to them about not being afraid of the process, about understanding how that works has been great. You know, the working with community relations, public relations, both here and nationally just affords me resources, resources as I talk about mitigation with clients about things that they need to take care of, you know, keeping homes up to code and things of that nature. Um, and so I think everything I've learned has just sort of feedback on each other and it's just created this wealth of my own little Ina encyclopedia of life. You know? <laughs> so I love that. Ina I can just encyclopedia. draw on different chapters, you know, yeah. Like, it's funny because I, you know, I took yoga because I loved it. And then I ended up taking a class and I got certified in it. And it's amazing because I do it for me because it's something I do for me. However, the breathing aspect of it, the meditation, the being in control of our own internal systems that, you know, make us nervous, that make us anxious. I'm able to use that when I'm talking to clients yeah. because sometimes people get scared, yeah. scary, you know, claims being sued, having your house burned down, all of that's traumatic. And so being able to come from a place of love, to come from a place of service, to come from a place of how can I help you? You know, let's, we've got this, you know, let's, let's just breathe. Let's just slow down. Let's, let's, we've got this. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because I was just saying that because I say I've got this. So I've said that to clients and I remember one client, like he remembers me saying that to him. And he says, Ina, thank you. Because it was, it's, you know, it's nerve wracking. You know, I, I, at State Farm, we always used to always say, you know, we, we have that luxury and opportunity and honor to work with people from cradle to cra cradle to grave. Yeah. And it's so true, yeah. you know, and, and every and I value that, you know, I, I value that my clients trust me to, to be here for the long haul, to ex have different experiences. And so I'm grateful for that. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't stop enough, you know, long enough to think about that, right? Like what kinds of things are absolutely essential and we, we take it for granted, you know, sometimes, you know, but, uh, you know, imagine if we didn't have that where, you know, uh, didn't have insurance when you were born for all the medical and all that kind of stuff. But on top of that, how you would live, how you have transportation and things happen, you have a dog bite or you have dogs, you know, like on and on and on all the way to if you own a business, which many, many people we know and many people around the communities have their own business. They had insurance for that and insurance for their buildings. I mean, it just kind of fans out, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I love, I love all the things you said, because it, it tells everybody about uh, what, uh, where you come from, meaning like uh, kind of from the inside out type of thing, how you can serve people because it, you know, you didn't have to go get yoga certified, right. You know, uh, in order to be, you know, uh, an, an insurance uh, advisor, you know, to everybody. Uh, but because you do, you can calmly advise them and tell them, you know, what's needed without, you know, 
I guess, uh, emotionally uh, get caught up in things where it's hard to manage. And and both your uh, your business and mine are very closely related in that way, where we're dealing with you know people that have emotions, right? Oh my God, my roof is leaking. What do I do? How do I claim this? Like I don't know what to do. Like you know who you know all that kind of stuff just goes you know berserk, and we have to be like, okay, I'm sorry that that happened. Here's number one here's the number call this person and then i'm going to file this for you and then we just lay it you know all out for them so that they go oh okay you know all right i know the next step and then the next step after that and then and then that way it starts to kind of you know heal from whatever trauma that they're having no absolutely yeah. that was a great way of phrasing that but absolutely yeah and so um in regards to uh, your business and insurance um, I know that you cover a lot. Can you kind of just go over those things for people? And and before before you do, um, I don't want to forget this thought because um, you know a lot of people have a hard time choosing you know a vendor, an agent, or you know any kind of things like what you just described in your background. Everything like that's how I would choose my agent. Like oh, she. Uh, has been through all kinds of stuff, even all the way to litigations of all sorts and being in communities and being able to help people so that we can already kind of in our mind put together this wealth of knowledge that you can bring to us, not just issue an insurance, you know, for us or go over a policy. It's just that you can kind of uh, get into our minds and say like, oh, in your situation, this and this, we've gone through this before. We can take care of that for you um, without having to say like the worst, <laughs> the worst thing ever is when I'm talking to somebody that supposedly is supposed to be an expert. And yeah, it happens sometimes, but um, you ask them something and say, hey, you know what? Um, I don't know. Let me go find out for you, which which makes you kind of like jump a little bit. Like, well, if you don't know and you're supposed to be, you know, uh, the expert, like, you know, we we kind of like, you know, get a little nervous. And if that happens multiple times with somebody, we're like, okay, I'm not sure this is the right person. But with you, since you have so much experience and have helped so many people, like that rarely happens. And you always know like the one, two, three, to give people confidence, right? You know, in mm -hmm. what they're going to get from you. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's so much of what State Farm can do on the insurance and financial services side, uh, whether it's personal or commercial. But I thought maybe for you, because you are, you know, because you do uh, the real estate, I thought it might be good to rather than focus on all aspects of insurance to maybe let's narrow it down a little bit more to talk about living situations, because there's so many different living situations and each kind of living situation has its own needs. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, you know, you work with people helping them buy their home. They're, sometimes it might be their very first home. And so they need to understand that there's a responsibility to owning a home as much as a privilege. And that responsibility is maintaining it. And so you want to protect your investments. And if you're financing it, you're required to protect your investment through a home policy. Uh, a home policy is going to not only protect the dwellings, so the structure itself, the home, the nuts and bolts, the, the walls, the, the flooring, all that, all the good stuff, um, but also your contents. And more importantly, God forbid something happens where it's your fault or you talked about, you, you mentioned a dog bite. You know, if you have a dog that just, you know, for had a bad day, and they bit somebody. Now you have a responsibility and a financial obligation, a liability. 
And so you want to have all of those things protected. And a homeowner's policy gives you that whole protection in one fell swoop Mm -hmm. because it provides coverage for your structure, for the home itself, for your contents, which is your clothing, appliances, anything that's basically not attached to the home. If we were to turn that home upside down and anything fell off, those are your contents. That's your personal belongings. You want that protected. Because if that house burns down to the ground, you want to have those items replaced. Um, And then obviously the liability. And liability, um, you can increase based on what your needs are. Uh, So that's a basic, you know, home. You know, we talk about a home. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes we might own a home and maybe we're the investor and maybe we rent out that home to somebody else. So that becomes their home. So now as an owner, it is no longer my responsibility to protect those belongings because it's my business to only rent out my structure, my home. And so you want to ensure that property as what's called a rental dwelling. It will provide the structure protection and it will provide liability protection. And you ask, well, why do I need liability? Because I'm not the one living there. Hmm. However, there can be liability because that tenant might have had a dog. And I actually had this situation happen um, where a tenant um, was living in the home with the dog. And the owner obviously was aware that there was a dog on the premises and the dog bit somebody. In this situation, the tenant did not have renter's insurance, which we'll get into. But the tenant did not have renter's insurance. Now, the dog did not belong to the owner. But when it came down to settlement, who do you believe had to pay for them? Well, I guess if uh, the renter does not have renter's insurance, I'm assuming the owner was next in line to be responsible, right? And that is correct. Yeah. And the owner had nothing to do with his dog, you know? Yeah. But they knew about it. So that creates a perceived uh, liability that's there. Yeah, it's and similar so it's, to it's uh, sorry to interrupt, but it's similar to someone because you own the property and somebody, you know, was on the property and fell down. Like a lot of people, you know, you know, talk about that too, right? Uh, because you own it and somebody fell down on it, you know, then they could possibly you could be, be liable for that. Absolutely, that that is an absolute case, and and we do live in a in a very litigious state. You know, California's number one for those. And so it's important to mitigate against those potential risks by making sure that you're properly insured for, you know, the different types of Mm -hmm. of scenarios that can happen in your life. So we talked about the home. We talked about if we rent out a home, but what if we, you are the one that's, that's living in that home. You don't own one yet. He's Mm -hmm. the your next client to be your first time home buyer, Leo. Sure, sure. Yeah. So he's renting, he's renting a home and maybe he's renting an actual house, not an apartment, but doesn't matter where you rent, whether it's a house, whether it's a condo, a townhouse or an apartment, you still have those same exposures because if something happens to that apartment building or to that house, as we talked about, the owner has their own policy. And that will protect the structure. But the mis- misinformation for many renters is that they believe that the, that the owner is responsible and responsible for their content and responsible for everything. And that is un- unfortunately not the case. And so you need to have a renter's policy. A renter's policy is so inexpensive. I mean, the cost of it is 
less than a, co a cost of a pizza a month. Yeah, I mean, you like, can get it's like term. It's like term life almost kind of like. Right? Uh, it, I mean, it's you can get one for like twelve to fifteen dollars yeah. a month. And what is it going to? What is that twelve to fifteen dollars going to get you? One, it's going to give you liability protection if your dog does bite somebody, okay, or somebody comes over and they slip, and and it's your fault. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, if that house burns down and you're not able to live in it. It's going to give you two things. It's going to give you a replacement cost for your items in your home that you lost, that we've insured. Mm -hmm. And it's also going to give you what's called additional living expenses, uh, which are living expenses to be able to live outside the home. Mm -hmm. Because even though the house is burned down, you're still liable to that lease and you're still responsible to, to put your family in somewhere safe. And yeah. so this allows for that. This allows for that additional expense. Yeah, it's that, a lot of bang for your buck, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, absolutely, yeah. So, uh, so uh, if you are a first-time homeowner, you mm -hmm. should know that you can uh, have a homeowner insurance for your home um, and then that you live in. So any kind of liability that happens, including your own personal belongings, you know, could be covered. If you are a renter, right? Then you have renter's insurance cover your stuff, but uh, uh, the homeowner, the person that owns the home that rents it to you, you're a landlord, but also have their insurance to make sure everything's covered uh, uh, on the dwelling part, but then you living in there, any kind of other liabilities that pertains to you as a renter could be covered. So Correct. those are two uh, main kinds of scenarios, right? Um, mm -hmm. So we have uh, one that the most common that I run into are first time home buyers because they don't know anything to start. They may mm -hmm. have purchased a uh, renter's insurance because they're required by somebody else. So they may mm -hmm. know that side of it, but not on the homeowner side. And then we have well, first time um, uh, investors, right? They invested in a, hey, I really want to buy, I guess, two scenarios. One, I want to buy a, a duplex. I want to rent part of my duplex out. So that's one scenario. The other scenario mm -hmm. is a completely separate, you know, uh, unit, uh, separate home that they own. Maybe they had lived in it before. Maybe it's a condo. Maybe it's a, you know, single family home and how that could be insured. So let's, let's, let's break that down a little bit more for people who might be uh, living on the property as a landowner or a landlord or uh, living separately, but have a separate, uh, you know, rental property? So in either situation, whether they're living in it or are going to not live in it and rent out the entire, you're still going to more than likely do a rental dwelling policy, which is what protects the landlord. If they're living in it and it, it gets a little more complicated whether or not they have attached walls, in other words, one whole building or two mm -hmm. separate buildings, mm -hmm. we'll determine how we insure it whether we might insure one as a home and one as a rental dwelling, but either way, there'll be a rental dwelling involved. Uh, we want to make sure that the owner is protected. So if, if we are going to write one policy, we're still going to do a renter's policy for the owner to protect their content. Mm -hmm. So no matter what, it's, it's renter's policies are so important. They're, and they're really a robust uh, coverage. Like, I can speak to State Farm's policy. Our policy is equivalent to a home policy. Our renter's policy is equivalent to a homeowner's policy. The only difference is that we're not insuring the structure. And so that tells you right there, if a homeowner needs it, you also need it because you're living there. You're protecting your ability to live in this home 
have your content protected, to have yourself protected. God forbid something happens. Mm -hmm. And so um, you you want to do it both ways. So you do want to do the rental dwelling for structures that you're not going to live in. Mm -hmm. You want to do a renter's policy if you're going to rent a home. Yeah. So um, that brings me to another issue that I hear a lot, especially for investors. Like, I don't want to buy a condo because of XYZ, you know, then I don't have control of it. I want a home that has no HOA. So as far as insurance and differences is concerned, is there much difference for that, how you would deal with the condo? Because the condo usually, you know, have shared spaces and maybe even shared walls and things right. like that. So how do you tell somebody who wants to invest in real estate, okay, as far as insurance is concerned, that mm -hmm. uh, should they avoid, you know, you know, buying a condo as investment versus a single family? You know, I think it's an issue of lifestyle. I think people are as unique as houses. Yeah. You know, everyone there's 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 a flavor for everybody. And I've lived in in a townhome before, and so I there's lots of benefits to living in a community because it is a community. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, it has amenities like pools, and you don't have to worry about doing the lawn, and you don't have to worry about maintenance outside, at least. You know, but there's a there's a um, there's a there's a payment to that, and, and that's generally an association fees that you have to pay right. to, as a community, maintain that community. Mm -hmm. um, communities are awesome for people. So whether it's a condo or a townhomes, they're amazing for people. Sometimes that's what they want. They don't want the headache of having to maintain it. However, it is a separate policy. It's not the same as a home because in most in most condominium associations and every condo is different. It, each one has their own what are called CCNRs, mm -hmm. which are the governing rules that govern the permanent uh, rules that govern that association. And within that, CCNR will tell you what your responsibility is as an owner or a part owner. You're generally, though, responsible for what is called walls in, which means that anything that happens within your walls is your responsibility. So think about it. If you were to buy a really good deal condo somewhere, but it was maybe really dated or just needed lots of rehab and you spent, I don't know, a hundred thousand, seventy-five to a hundred thousand dollars of your own, you know, investment into making this home amazing and your dream condo. And now, if something happens to it, you want to make sure that you're ensuring your internal structure, not necessarily the walls, but the internal. So if you put really amazing, um, you know wood flooring that's just exotic that is really hard to come by that you want to insure for if you put amazing cabinets or you have really high-end furniture or any of those kinds of things you want to make sure not only is is your personal structure insured is your content insured but here's the one thing we don't often think about we talked about liability when it's our own but when a condo or an association has a loss, meaning there's a big fire that happens and maybe it's nowhere near your unit, mm -hmm. because you're a part of a community, you still have a responsibility to that claim. And that's oftentimes in, in covering the deductible that the association may have. And that's a protection that you can add to your condominium associations. Oftentimes people forget that. It's called loss assessment. And so it's important that as you're looking at your CCNRs and you're looking at what your potential exposures are, that you're making sure that they're adequately covered within your policy. 
So, you know, if you own the condo, that's the best way to do it is through a condo policy. And that's what it's called. It's a condominium policy. But what if you rent out that condo? What if just like in the other scenario, you decide, you know, this is an investment and I want to rent it out. Well, in in my world, they're called ARCUPs. So it's a rental condo unit. So it is different than the regular rental because we're not looking at structure the same way, but it is still a rental and we call it a rent, a, ARCUP, a rental condo unit. Great. I, I love learning new terms. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, the first time I heard that, I'm like an ARCUP. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you bring up a really, really good point because uh, even though the condo association as a community have a, say, a big disaster, they, they need to cover their part. But then, you know, because it's a disaster, uh, they may not have the funds to cover. So that's where the insurance piece can come in and help cover it if that were the case, if they had the policy, right? Correct, correct, yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah. So um, layers and layers of, of insurance, you know, makes everything work. <laughs> right. No, um, absolutely. So, but, but it sounds like it could be, you know, easier, a little bit more self-contained if you bought a single family home, it's uh, doesn't, isn't, it's not connected to any other units and things like that. Then you just cover, you know, everything, the dwelling, the, the structure and things like that. Right. As well, as well as the maintenance. Yeah, as well as maintenance. Uh, and and then you, a lot of uh, landlords now, they just flat out require renters to have renter's insurance. Uh, is that? Yeah, I, I'm starting to see that definitely more and more. Before, it was more of an optional thing because they wanted you to protect yourself. But they're realizing the exposure to the owner and to whoever you know owns the property is huge. And so it makes more sense for them to do their due diligence and require that. Yeah, but it's not any kind of a law per our state or anything like that. So, um, you know, so it's up to the the landlord to to decide what they want to do to make sure that that that's going to be okay. If they didn't have renters insurance, uh, what would be the potential uh, downfalls for either the renter uh, or the landlord? Uh, huge for the renter specifically, they could be out a place to live. Mm-hmm. You know depending on the damage and what happened, right, they could right. have no place to live, mm-hmm. still be responsible to pay that lease mm-hmm. and pretty much be out of everything, depending on the, on the devastation of that loss. They, you know, they could lose everything. Yeah. Um, for the landlord, uh, it obviously, depending on who may have, you know, if somebody was responsible for committing whatever the damages were, there's no recourse to them. I mean, it's just an expense. Um, and there's potential, you know, additional liabilities in the event that somebody else got injured or damaged that would not be your responsibility, but would have been the, the renters. Um, they can trickle up just because, you know, attorneys will look for deep pockets as, as they like to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think with any kind of scenario, um, you've probably seen them all. So mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I, I just uh, think that you know, as an insurance agent, it's just so important to have that all that experience. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, it's uh, one of those things that uh, you, it's, it's not like one of those jobs that you can just pick up and do and you can do well without the experience, right? You know, I, I look at it two ways. I think that you have to want to learn 
and continue to learn because I think it's an industry that constant, that has constant regulation. There's always um, oversight from some regulatory body. And so we have to stay sharp um, in terms of what we do. But I think that the biggest thing that an insurance license won't teach you will be wanting to care for people. I think that if you have that as, as a part of who you are, if you like educating people about whatever, I think that makes an amazing, whether it's an insurance agent or a real estate yeah. professional, I just think that it's, you, you, you have to want to serve and help people. Yeah. And and I think there's only two ways to make money. Either you work at something and you get paid for it, or you protect what you have because that, you know, if you when you lose something and that costs you money, like, you know, you're always either protecting or making money, right? You know, so uh, so you're at one half of that puzzle. And so um, anybody out there listening, I would uh, strongly um, recommend that you reach out to Ina, uh, talk with her about whatever situations you got. Um, I just uh, came back uh, last night from visiting my aunt in Tustin, and she was telling me that her roof is leaking in her extended tea room, you oh, know. Yeah. And and it leaked when she uh, last week when it was when it was raining, and so um so I'm gonna have to you know go over that stuff with her because it's never happened to her before, and she's trying to get repair people to come out and look at it and assess it, but then they're telling her like oh well you know we can't do anything right now it might rain again and all that kind of stuff I go well no 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 you know because the longer you wait that water seeps in and makes more damage in the wall you might have to tear the whole thing down if you don't you know stop it and you know dry it out right away and so we also have to engage you know with her insurance policy and then kind of see you know what can be done there so um such a such an important aspect we were uh, before we came on we were just talking about the rain and the snow and all the kind of stuff and the cold and um, I think the roofers are very busy this time of the year right after the rain because they don't know that it was leaking until you know rain happens and it doesn't rain that often if I can make one point, though, and definitely for your aunt, um, there is, uh, in terms of any insurance contract, there is obligations that the insurer, the insured, the person that is taking out the policy is responsible for. And part of that is to mitigate against potential additional damages mm -hmm. so that if you know you have something leaking or, you know, you should try to do what you can to mitigate against additional damages. So maybe tarping, I know that a lot of my clients recently, because of these rains, we've had to, um, they've had to get temporary tarps on their roofs mm -hmm. or certain sections of their housing, just so that they're not getting that water to just come in. Right. I've seen lots of patchwork being done. So I think there's lots of handyman, like, you know, people that are out there trying to help at least in the, in the meanwhile, so that you don't incur additional damage because it is, it is, you know, it's a, it's a process, you know, to go through the claim process to get it not only estimated, evaluated, and then get your claim out to do, but then it's doing the repairs after. So it's a process for sure. That's right. That's right. Well, um, all of you out there, if you guys need insurance and have insurance questions, uh, reach out to Ina. And um, this has been such a pleasure. You have so much to offer. And I'd love to have you come on 
back sometime uh, and, you know, keep us up to date, you know, in regards to, you know, what you do and what you're seeing out there, you know, both in insurance and kind of scenarios that could help uh, people. Half of my business is investors and the other half are regular consumers are buying and selling homes. And so uh, we're always just trying to make sure we cover everybody if they need someone to talk to, you know, about this. And so, um, as per tradition, we always ask our guests to share a quote that uh, that's inspired them throughout their lives. And uh, Ina, you have one to share with us. I do. So I love this. Um, learn as if you will live forever, but live like you will die tomorrow. Mahatma Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi said this. And I love it because, you know, I think it's in especially with what I do, but more important, just the way I want to live my life. You know, I think it's important that we, that our curiosity is what guides us, that we stay students of life, that we stay students of the world, that we continue to aspire to be the best version of ourselves. But realizing that life is borrowed time, life is, you know, we live every day, we only die once, but we don't know when that will happen. And so it's really up to us to just make every day just absolutely amazing and live. That's right. And fill fill every tiny gap that we can. A certificate. We know. Yeah. I know my kids, I have two kids and, and they're like, they laugh every time I'm telling them, oh, I'm, I'm going to learn this. Yeah, that's awesome. And you said it's really, really great example. And and I'll just, uh, I'll just add on to that a little bit. I, I just saw um a um a short video from um from Gary V and you know he always talks about this over and over but it's 400 billion to 1 chance that you can be alive as a human being right like you know we've all won the lottery and so we just have to live you know like you know you're, you're going to die tomorrow because you know we're we're on borrowed time and every single second that goes by we're fortunate to be human beings in this world we could have been anything else right we could have been an amoeba that only lives the 5 hours you know or something like that but in you know fortunately we're human beings that we get to live this many 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 years um i feel so uh, sad sometimes because you and I know we have I have a I have a two-year-old dog named Lucy and they only live you know maybe max you know 12 14 years like 14 that's like a really long life for them and she's only she's two and a half and I'm thinking just last night I was thinking like my gosh you know 25 percent of her life is already done just like that you know and so I can see why she's living to the fullest. Every time we go out, it's like, you know, bonanza, right? And so we all just need to be reminded that um, our life is precious and just do everything we can to live the fullest. No, I completely agree with that. On, on that same note, by the way, this morning I took the dogs to Off-Leash Park. It's the best. I love, I love seeing them. I love, just love life. It's awesome. Yeah, and and that's that's what's so great about them is just uh, reminding us, you know, we tend to forget we have our troubles or whatever that we're figuring out, and we forget, you know, that uh, that we need to enjoy everything, right? Mm -hmm, All right, Ina, uh, thank you so much. I know you are uh, a way out of state, and I'm so grateful that you can come on and share this time with us and um, share a lot of not only you know your life but your wisdom. Uh, that's uh, on top of all the experience you have that can uh, really help people on a day-to-day basis. And I'd love to um, kind of stay in touch with you and see uh, how the world goes and uh, have you come back sometime. 
No, that would be great. I, I feel like we didn't we did a disservice to all your investors. I, next time, maybe we can talk about Airbnbs. There's, I mean, there's so much with oh, regards yeah. to insurance. No, I mean, definitely. I, it, it, I'll pull another book from the encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, we definitely need to yeah. do that. Well, I, I get I get talked to almost every week um, mm -hmm. about Airbnbs, people wanting to do Airbnbs, and uh, what that entails, and uh, what are the things you need to do for it. So we'll definitely have you come back for that. Take care, Leo. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you, Ina. Have bye -bye. a great day. Bye, everybody. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure that you subscribe to receive notifications of all new episodes, and please give us a positive review. And if you want to hang out with us live, check out our YouTube channel where you can continue the conversations with me and our guests.